Welcome back to The Drop. This is Michael Saramella here to talk about everything that happened this week in surfing. Shortly, I'm going to be joined by Buck, and we're going to discuss, first and foremost, our new film. It's called Vacation, presented by Monster Energy, and it's basically to stab highway winners going to Kandui Resort. This has been a long time coming, and just to give you a little teaser, we did not end up making the film that we intended. It went totally, totally off the rails, so have a listen and hopefully have a watch. We're also going to talk about Rio Waida. Uh, we got on the phone with him this week to discuss why he's been at Bells for three weeks surfing onshore terrible waves and basically how he's feeling about his rookie season thus far. We're also getting on the phone with Sean Manners to discuss his new deal with, you'll have to listen to find out, and basically everything else that's going on in his world. On the flip side, we're going to talk about an 11-year-old Chinese girl who blew our minds this week with probably the most impressive clip that I've seen and since I can remember you'll just yeah you'll listen you'll watch and you'll understand anyway we also have a surfs in that we shared on our Instagram and we got penances from the public so we'll share that Buck and I will share our own and with that let's drop in sorry guys one more thing before we start this episode Buck and I chatted yesterday about all this week's surf news which means we didn't get to talk about the biggest news story of the week which just happened before we published this podcast Board Riders, which is the umbrella company that houses Billabong, Quicksilver, Ruka, Von Zipper, etc., was just bought by ABG, Authentic Brands Group, for $1.3 billion. We've been hinting at this for a while. This has been an ongoing story. It was kind of between two different companies. There was ABG and there was Blue Star. And basically, it's going to have an effect on these companies. We don't know exactly what the shakeup is going to be, whether that's layoffs or how it will affect the actual individual brands on a, you know, the way that they market surfing or the way that they spend in surfing. But it is a big change. So we're going to be listening closely and seeing what we can learn this coming week. And I'm sure we'll be back next week to talk about it more in depth. Now, let's get to the show. Ooh, I am here with Mikey C. Mikey C, how are you? I'm doing great, Buck. How are you? I'm very good, but I think like many others on this planet right now, I'm adapting. Adapting? What's going on? I'm trying to adapt. Colors. Okay. You know, like sometimes the sun, it hits you in the face and you didn't expect the brightness, but a popular, I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to name names, but it's not Magic Seaweed, Coastal Watch, Swellnet or any of the others besides Surfline, but I'm not going to name names. They changed their color code this week, and not even that I use it much, but it's thrown me off. I've never seen waves described as purple before, and I can't be the only one struggling with this. And so I feel like we can struggle together. I feel like saying it out loud, we could we could address these struggles together. Have you Have you dealt with this? Is this something that you're that you've noticed or where are you at? Yeah, I have encountered this. I think for most of us, it was a shock to the system upon first glance, because most of us thought that we were getting firing waves wherever we were in the world. We were seeing lots of orange going on, maybe even a little red. Um, But it turned out that that meant the opposite thing now, because they basically did a full like flip, like a full 180 on the color scale. Yeah, their explanation is that it's more logical this way because it, you know, red is bad and green is good. Or, you know, you think of a stoplight or whatever. Sure, maybe. But for the time being, it is a little bit. It's a lot, actually. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, yeah, probably it is just uh, objectively better, but still to adapt like this. And yeah, a lot of people got confused by that orange thing. And again, I don't even use it. I just, I've always struggled with the idea of associating a color with a wave quality. And so now it's going to take me, I don't know, probably two, three months to adapt to this. So 
if you are out there struggling, please let us know because we're here for you. Yeah. That's what this podcast is about. And there's always Storm Surf if you just can't handle the, the adaption, if you can't evolve. <laughs> always, yeah. If you can't evolve, you just retreat back to something where it asks you about JavaScript and you have to maybe get out the old college MacBook to get it going. Um, good point, Mikey. Thanks for bringing that up. Let's get in the news. Vacation presented by Monster Energy. Mikey, you ruined the vacation. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Little overview. This was the Stab Highway winners trip from both Australia and the USA, California. They had a nice trip to Kandui, and Art Intent legitimately was to make a surf film. Just let good surfers surf good waves, and everybody wants to watch that, and that didn't work. The waves just said no. It was so not purple. Um, and so you had to adapt, didn't you? Yes. Just like the rest to of me, us. To me, I was so excited. I was like, this is the easiest job I've ever had at STAB. My role was basically to go there and make sure that nothing goes incredibly wrong. But we had like an amazing cast of surfers. We had Jaleesa Vincent, Wade Goodall, Sean Manners, Kobe Perkovich, Eric Eiselman, Eitan Osborne, Ian Crane, Noah Wegrich. We were at the best location for getting waves in the world that I'm aware of. We had like five filmers. Everything was just like perfect. All I needed to do is sit back, relax, maybe catch a couple waves of my own that snuck under the pack. It was going to be a great week. And then we saw the forecast and we were there when there should have been some like decent swells and there was just nothing the whole time. So we had to, we had to pivot because I realized that surfing alone wasn't really going to make a surf film. So yeah, we did some scheming, and ended up cajoling the surfers into a different little angle in this surf film. So I don't want to spoil too much, but um, yeah, basically I ruined their vacation. Well, there was that kind of like Australia versus U.S. dynamic going on there. And one thing that I feel like was a missed opportunity is a word that could have bonded everybody together in this. Uh, the people who America maybe taking it a bit more seriously, Australia trying to be a bit more cool and innovative especially with terms is the term skits uh everybody would have got around that mm. it, everybody could have said that's skits and um agreed so i do feel like you guys missed that a little bit but <laughs> while we're just talking about words i am with the stab staff members i stand with the stab staff who said when it was first called skunked uh that you guys didn't get skunked it looked still like the funnest waves like anybody i would still go to that place to surf those waves like i don't think that that's a reality that'd still be like the funnest best waves that most people surf in like a year um so i'm happy it turned i'm happy it turned into vacation not skunk yeah that was a weird one because when we were there it really did feel like we were getting skunked like it was hard to get the surfers to go surfing there was one day where we had like a little pulse of swell and there's like one wave that aton gets that was like pretty sick actually but besides that we were going to like a lot of novelty spots and it, there really just wasn't much swell in the water but then i guess you go back and you look at all the footage together and the way that will cut it together it really does look fun so to your point the film was originally going to be called skunked until people started watching early versions of it and we're like what the fuck are you talking about the waves look so fun so um taylor paul actually came up with the new name which is vacation presented by monster energy which i actually think fits the story a lot better and feeds the the narrative too so i think it works out really well um so thanks to taylor for that 
And there are two things that I want to share on the back end of this. One is related to what you just said, which is that the waves were actually sick and they would have been the best waves that anybody else got in a year. So for this whole trip, we stayed at Kandui Resort. It's a place that's near and dear to my heart. And they did a great job of hosting us. But on top of that, they also wanted to give some value back to our STAB premium members. So what they're going to do is, as this film airs, we are going to have a giveaway with Kandui Resort for one STAB premium member and a plus one of their choosing to get a free 10-day stay at Kandui Resort. It includes boat transfers to and from the islands and obviously pretty much everything paid for on the ground once you're there. You know, food, going boats to go surf waves. The only thing you have to pay for out of pocket is alcohol and plane tickets. So... That's amazing. That's like a huge uh, dollar value because they're one of the biggest, best resorts in Indo. And they're surrounded by the best waves in Indo as well. And like I said, when you watch this film, keep in mind that these are the worst waves you could possibly get there. So that's sort of your little carrot. And other big news, Buck, that this is actual news news that nobody else has heard yet. And this is coming off the back of kind of what this film delves into. But we just got approved for season three of Stab Highway presented by Monster Energy. Monster just signed the contract. We are good to go. And do you want to tell the people where we're going? Baby, we're going to Europe. Woo! Ooh, baby. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. If you are a Eurolord listener out there, uh, we've been going at the challenges. We have a pretty good list now, but uh, I also want to tap into the Eurolord knowledge out there. Even though I've lived, I've, I've considered myself a bit of a Eurolord for the past six or seven years now. But we're coming. We're going to be in France, we're going to be in Spain, we're going to be in Portugal. So keep an eye out for that. It's going to be a, yeah, a good few months out from when it actually hits your screen, but maybe you'll hit your eyeballs in the next less than that. Um, you know, May, June, not going to give too many details away here, but that is coming. I'm so excited. I can't wait to just see what this whole Euro life is all about. I've seen it in so many films and and everything like that, so I can't wait to get my feet on the ground. I'm so excited to let these heathens run loose on this old cultured continent. It's going to be incredible. It's almost problematic for stuff like Stab Highway because like stuff like nudity, it's just okay here. Or like drinking a beer somewhere, it's just that's <laughs> it's legal. Nobody's mad at you, so it's not even taboo. Uh, but there are still some. It's I'm very happy with where the challenges are at, and it's going to be. An incredible time i want to dress like a soccer or football referee and uh, give people yellow cards red cards the whole time it's gonna be great let's get there all right so let's watch vacation presented by monster energy and get excited for stab highway europe to come let's go and win a free trip to kandui resort wait, wait can we talk about that too just imagine like this butterfly effect thing of like somebody running down a cliff at blacks like this is how this started to get this trip for somebody like all these weird turn of events <laughs> where it's somehow like for sure the person who wins this is gonna score good waves i'm guaranteeing that and we will follow up on this because we'll know who won obviously and then they will score but I am guaranteeing that person will score. And imagine you get a free trip to Kandui because somebody ran down a canyon at Blacks faster than somebody else and put on a track job. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. So life's good. Move on. Thanks, Aton. Thanks, Aton. Rio Wida has been surfing onshore oversized bells alone. We mentioned this last week, but we received an incredible photograph of just bells looking like pretty much everything you don't want the ocean to look like. A lot of energy, 
and not making sense of any of it. And one little dot down there trying to jump off some rocks and do something with it. That dot was Rio Wida. It was shortly after Portugal had ended and he was already in Bells in his wedding, getting acclimated to that place. So, of course, we followed up on it. And that is what this story is all about. Um, this kid's on a different level. I mean, I fucking love him. This little catch-up will really give you uh, an insight into who he is as a person, how he thinks about surfing, and how he thinks about his role right now as surfing being his job. And I don't think you could read this story and not root for him in every single heat. Agreed. Um, Dude, he hasn't been home since September, and sort of the, the common rhetoric around surfers from really beautiful places with really good waves is it kind of sucks for them to go and compete on the world tour on any level, QS, CS, even the CT sometimes, because it's like they could have a much more like peaceful and enjoyable life just living at home. And I think for Indonesians, that's like couldn't be truer, right? They've got the best waves in the world. It's warm all year round. And you know, for Rio, he could probably make a decent living just surfing in Indo and putting out good clips on Instagram and stoking out his sponsors. But that's that's not enough for him. He wants more. And that's sort of what this this story gets to is his motivation. And first of all, he says it's just it's his dream. That's why he works so hard for it. It's like it's his dream since he was a little kid. He wanted to prove to himself that he could do it. And now that he's there, he's like, well, now I want to prove to the next generation of Indonesians that like you can do it, too. So He's got so much sort of like inspiration and passion that he's going full bore into this. We saw him go early to Portugal. We saw how that worked out for him, took down Gabby and John, going early to Bells. He's already pretty much made the cut, so you're welcome and sorry for saying that you wouldn't, Rio. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry and you're welcome. Yeah, I just, I'm super, super impressed by this kid. I'm really happy that he's going to make the cut. I I definitely, that didn't come out of ill will that I said he wasn't going to make it. There's just a lot of, a lot of neoprene and a lot of, heavy water waves in the first half of the tour that I, I didn't necessarily think were up his alley, but he's worked hard and proven me wrong. Ah, uh, uh, he has, he has. Sorry. And thank you. Or no, sorry. And you're welcome. Uh, thank you too, if you want. But I think one of my favorite things about his whole journey here, and I mentioned it to Holden wrote this piece. He interviewed Rio and did this for us. But I remember when John, John won his 2016 world title he won it in Portugal and it was one of those events where it was a big thing in surfing. It was like the Eddie running or something, you know, where if you follow mostly surf people, it's all you can see your whole, you log on the app and it's just every single thing that you scroll is related to that. Right. And so that's what happened when John John won in 2016 and Rio was just this kid. I mean, okay, he's 23 now. So seven years younger, he's 16 he not only posted like a congratulations John John image that whatever he pulled from the WSL, but he changed his profile picture to John John. Um, he was just that excited about the moment and what it meant for surfing. Uh, and then you fast forward to now and he's beating John John at that exact wave. And I just can't even imagine how that felt for him. Like, cause he was just this random, like he grew up in poverty essentially. Um, and he was sponsored from an early age. I think his sponsor even helped him kind of with some of the stuff he was dealing with. He had a medical issue when he was young that I think part of his sponsorship deals helped him get out of that a bit. And he like came through some really tough times. And so 
yeah, just being a 16 year old and like being Indonesia is like the heart of surfing in one way, but at the same time, it's not Southern California where you're like meeting managers and team managers and all that from day one. Like he was kind of a little bit isolated in that regard. And so to see him come from where he was then to beating John John at that exact wave. And then he was like, before that heat and also before the heat with Gabe and Jordy, he was just sharing screenshots of the heat draw on his Instagram, just like biggest heat of my life. And then he'd go out and beat them. And I thought that was the sickest thing. Like he wasn't calling a shot. He wasn't like, I'm going to win this heat. Like that'd be crazy. But the fact that he was just so psyched to be surfing against them and then actually went out and won as a rookie, I thought was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I fucking love Rio. Rio's the best. Rio, I love you. The stab interview with Sean Manners. This is about a few things, but I'd say the bulk of it, the bulk of it, not even the bulk, but the purpose of it is about something we may have been hinting at on this podcast before. It's that Sean Manners was about to make a little sponsorship change. We've said it a little bit subtly. We've said it pretty directly at times, but it's official. Sean Manners is now riding for former so let's hear how he feels about that and life in general tell us tell us the story about how you ended up on former yes great um well i spent the whole of last year filming for the cold of freedom part with globe um i had two years to film for that and then just the way my life was going and COVID and shit. I only really started filming like this time last year. Um, we went real hard and there was like a few carrots dangled, which is like always kind of how it, how it goes with, you know, surf companies and stuff. Just like saying for your contracts and, you know, if you can do this well, then yada, yada. But regardless of it, um, we, Jeno and I pretty much in the help of Katie and, and Baron Hole film to a few others. We pumped it out in nine months. And then I gave them the footage probably the end of September or something. And um, just like, it was no one's fault and it's still not out, but like just kind of hearing crickets from everyone, not really getting any straight answers as far as like when that edit was going to come out or like any of that. So I kind of started getting I could kind of start to see the writing on the wall as far as like where Globe was kind of heading. And um, I think I spoke to Noah one night, maybe at Toby's Bucks. I think me and, to- me and Noz were talking about surfing in the wee hours in the morning. And um, he doesn't even really remember doing this, but he, he was like, I'll hit up Dane for you. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll hit up Dane. They want to sponsor someone. And I was like, I just kind of laughed and was like, fucking hell, that'd be pretty funny um, if he sent that message. And um, yeah, he sent the message and he fully doesn't remember doing it. But I guess that kind of started things going. Um, I was, I didn't really hear anything for a couple months. So as far as the Globe thing was going, it was just like there wasn't another contract, but the payment was just going to keep rolling through until like mid, until this time, you know, uh, that, that we're in now. And um, I was like, well, what the fuck? And I was like, well, I kind of wanted my clip to come out at the end of the year. So like, this is like a pretty good time to have a bargaining point as far as like 
if there's ever any a business timed in free surfing, this is the only time that it really matters. You know, your contract's up and you just finished a clip. And they were like, oh, we're not going to put it out until next year now. There's no budget. And I was like, well, this is getting sketchy. And it's no one's fault. It's just the way the company was going. Like, I love Globe, everything to do with it. But I was like, oh, as far as a main sponsor feeling, I was like, oh, this is starting to feel pretty sketch. Um, and then it was around probably, I think it was around like a week before Christmas, Dane just sent me a message and was like, hey, man, like, what are your thoughts on running for former? Um, I don't know what your position is like with Globe or like yada yada, but Noah kind of mentioned that you might be looking for another sponsor and would you be interested? And I was like, holy shit, I fucking know. And then just from there, we we kind of just come, they come up with a number and Globe had first refusal or whatever that <laughs> clause is in the contract and they they didn't want to match it. And I think that's kind of like, they already had their idea of, they already seen how much they were making off apparel and how it wasn't really worth it. And then, yeah, just ended up signing with former, like I think in the first 10 days of January or something, the first, yeah, pretty quick. Or actually I think it took a little bit because the globe was still trying to figure out what they're doing, but mid January or something I was writing for them. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much owe it all to Noz really. <laughs> <laughs> Noz yeah. Cause I don't, 2 I don't think they, uh, yeah, 2 a.m. and Toby's Bucks. Wow. Just fucking, yeah. All Making deals. Talk, Making deals and shit talk paid off for once. Fuck. <laughs> Work never sleeps. Nah, nah, never. Is there anything specifically that you want to achieve, like in terms of releasing a part or projects with with former? Um, like, do you have goals? Do you set, do you set yourself yeah, goals? Yeah, I just reckon, like, I've made goals as far as this year well i'm actually still in the process of figuring out what exactly i'm going to do because there is like a few formal parts coming out and then we're designing we're designing clothes for a range for myself and then that will be nice to have some footage around um but as far as short-term goals it's just surf every time film every time those waves and just i think if i do that and the footage is there then it'll be pretty sweet i would like to work on a solo thing again maybe as well i don't know i'm just going to try i feel like i just in in a really good position just to be out of surf and have budget to film mikey anything stick out to you about this chat there's a few things i'd like to touch on um i mean there's a lot but mainly i'm just confused that he didn't get picked up by drag or some other sort of boogie boarding company after his performance in vacation it might be an issue of timing they're going to see that now and ask him if it's too late so he did really well i mean the ars that he almost stuck in the one part it was very nice it was unbelievable actually yeah that was like peak performance of the trip no doubt but sean such an as i said it last week he's such an unbelievably talented surfer and actually it's interesting like talking about him after rio obviously they're on such different trajectories but they have that same starting point of coming from a place with just amazing waves. And Sean even talks about how easy it would be for him to just stay in WA, surf the same waves all the time. He's super happy being around his family, working in his dad's shop. But again, for him, that's not enough. And he doesn't want to go out and chase comps like he was 
like he obviously did well in stab high but i don't think he sees that as like a real competition in the same way that he would like a wsl event or something to try to get on tour but he still moved because he wanted to push his surfing and challenge himself so he has been living in wollongong on the east coast of australia but he's about to move down south closer to where noah dean lives and where a lot of his last film nasvid was all captured which are all these crazy waves that we've talked about on this podcast and beyond but he was basically like, yeah, if I want to like make this my job, I want to be really, really good at it, and I want to push myself. And now that he has these bosses who he says are better surfers than him, he's like, fuck, they would be doing this, so I need to be out there at least trying. And I think that's really cool coming from a free surfer who like that whole sort of genre of surfer their whole thing is just kind of acting like too cool for school and like not caring but he's like no i do care i want to try really hard i want to become the best surfer i can be and uh it sounds like former is his little launch pad for that well one thing that stuck out to me was that it's discussed and one he's talking about how or it's it's covered how the launch of this was or the the spark of this not the launch but the spark of this relationship with the former was a, a Bucks party or bachelor party text. Um, you know, they would have just been having a great night and talking about life, maybe their futures. And that kind of led to this, led to Noah sending a text. And that was just de facto manager there where he, um, I would imagine like 4 a.m. sent a text to somebody, to Dane. And that was kind of the spark for him getting on former. But then there's this, there's him talking about how, it would kind of be, it would kind of suck, not suck in a, a really bad way, but it'd be hard to surf for a company that like Dane and Craig started because it's not like this thing where it's like a big corporate thing where, you know, your team manager, maybe they surf good for a while or whatever, but like, it's like you're kind of put yourself in a position where your boss might still be able to do your job better than you. It, it's it's weird and um i would imagine that's a it's kind of talked about jokingly but i would imagine it's more than a joke in in real life i'd imagine there is something like i think i think everybody has so much respect for craig and especially dane that their opinion matters 10 times more than anybody else's and when that person's also the one who's semi-responsible for cutting your paycheck it must be a different level but um that said, I'm sure Dane is nothing but complimentary of Sean surfing, but it's a weird one. Don't you think it'd be a, a funny dynamic? Like, imagine just you have to try to prove yourself as a surfer, and, and Dane's the one that uh, you have to prove it to. That's fucking hard. It's not a WSL judge. No, but it's also, isn't that like like real life? Like, in the normal world, your boss should be better at your job than you are. So, welcome to the real world. I guess so, yeah. I guess so. No, that's a good point, but... I don't know. I, uh, I'd rather, I think most people would rather get judged by uh, Johnny WSL than Dane Reynolds. So uh, he, he's put himself in a nice position. But anyway, it's huge. It's huge. Big signing for them. Big signing for Sean. It's great news. Everything's thriving in life. Who is the 11 year old Chinese girl landing huge air reverses? Question mark, question mark question mark patty zhao oh man i don't know what to say about this this um this shook me did you see this one coming mikey i'm so rattled by this so fuck okay somebody sent this to our like slack channel 
this past week, this video of this girl that she posted on her Instagram. She was apparently 10 years old in the video. She's 11 now, but it's a girl from China, Patty Zhao, surfing. Beijing born, Colorado based. Surfing in a wave pool. Uh, I'm not sure. Was it Waco or was it the Japan one? Looked like Waco to me. Okay. It was Waco. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was Waco. And doing far better surfing than not even I can do, but than I could ever like imagine myself doing. Like it was so, and there's the airs, right? Like the airs are the thing that get the, the headline. And she's doing these lofty frontside air reverses. She does this slob grab backside air reverse that is just like the most beautiful and absurd thing I've ever seen. It was, and then she's doing these backside straight airs that are all like lofty and just unbelievable. And then later in the video, you see her doing turns, dude. This was almost more impressive to me. She was doing like these like perfect nose picks and like pivots and like look super smooth rail to rail. And I'm like, because in my mind, you can like almost learn to just become like a really good air surfer in a pool. And it's like, if that's your thing, it's like great, but it's not that impressive to me because I don't think it would translate to real surfing. But the way that she just rides a surfboard on the wave looks like she's been doing it for 20 years at like the highest level. And she's 11 years old. Well, 10 years old in this video from China. And she's not even a surfer, dude. She's a snowboarder. She's a snow bra. It's so appalling. She's a snow bro. Oh, my God. It's I you made me. You push for us to cover this because I've you've pushed me to even try to come to terms with it because so, thus far I've tried to just ignore it. I've tried to put the blinders on and not <laughs> not think that it's happening. But here I am. Now we have to talk about it. You said it well. The turns are almost more outrageous. It's it's fucked up. Because shout out to the commenters on Stab. You have to be a premium member to comment. So shout out to all premium members. But somebody shared this video of her after i think it was a do tour event where her interview like she doesn't have to change anything about her entire her performance or interview let's hear how she makes sense of how she does all this like it's incredible 11 years old first place first run how did you do that i don't know it just came to me it's so easy i love it thank you to everyone who pumped me up thank you but you just did a front lip pretzel out yeah, I did. What? Um, that's a pretty dope trick. What? Uh, what made you choose to do that? I don't know. I just did it. <laughs> How do you keep stress free up there when you're dropping in like head to head like that? Uh, I don't have any stress. The problem is. <laughs> you got a lot of money though. What are you gonna do with it? Um, I need a buy. I'm gonna buy my coach some tequila. <laughs> <laughs> So I wanted to hate her. Exactly. But then you just hear her talk and it's like you just she's the most lovable human being that you've ever encountered in your entire life. Exactly. She's fucking painted us into a corner. And it's I don't like it and I'm going to be honest here. It's it's this is our out right now. This is our out if you want to start going starting talking about for a good portion of my life, I never really knew what people meant when they said drawing lines. Uh, I just thought that was kind of a stupid way to say, why aren't you hitting the good part of the wave? Um, this is your out. Patty Zhao is giving you your out to start talking about harnessing the power of the wave or whatever it is that you want to say you're doing rather than doing shit that's actually progressive and cool. 
Oh my god, this is your out. You could. S- I didn't even know. So I rode a twin fin today, and I thought it was just like no. a, a normal decision. But I realized Daddy's now. Out. Oh my god, you got out. Damn it, you got out. Oh, it really it's happening. No, now you're gonna think about oh, like I don't really need to be in that pocket. Like what? I'll get more speed if I hang out up here for a while, and then like oh yeah, see, yeah, you'll enjoy it. That's the worst part. You'll be like, this is actually the right thing to do, and you'll think, well, this is real surfing because. These waves travel from 3,000 miles away, and they arrive, and I'm just going to harness the power rather than show off. <laughs> Patty Zow is going to be doing fucking backflips. Oh, my God. And, and oh. you're just going to be out there on the 20 going like, well, I'm harnessing the power. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> but this, this no. is it, folks. This is it. Ride a twin fin. That, that's it. <laughs> Give up. Oh, my God. If you haven't seen this clip, it is on our Instagram and I like I, I can't state this any more plainly. It, it's not only the best surfing that I've ever seen from a girl of this age, but it's it's also it's the best airs and the best turns. Like it's it's all of it combined. And I've never seen this girl surf in the ocean. She literally has one surfing clip on her Instagram, and that's the only surfing I could find of her. So I don't know where she's doing the majority of her surfing, if it's in pools or the ocean. But if she wanted to, she could very easily become the best female surfer in the world. Like, without a doubt. She's like, I mean, what what Aaron Brooks did, you know, like coming up like that, it's like that, but on like a slightly different level, at least from what I've seen thus far. And it doesn't sound like she's going to do that because she surfs for fun because she is like actually one of the best snowboarders in the world at 10 years old, which you probably just heard from her interview. Well, this brings us kind of perfectly into our next story. Let's go. Want to be a pro surfer? You might want to get a side gig. Actually, Patty's out called. She said, you definitely want to get a side gig. And she said that with that, that little charisma that she had in that snowboarding interview, too. She was like, ah, you probably should. Um, no stress. No stress at all. What is that? I don't understand what you're talking about. You just go out there and you land backside, slop grab, throat. So it's, it's Anyway, this story talks to a range of people who our professional surfers are normal are normal are just not what patty zow is and um we've got an electrician chris zappas who wins qs events we've got i think my favorite in here is a an olympic silver medalist surfing has had one olympics and the woman who won silver is uh she works in property development uh, Bianca Butendag. <laughs> That's how grim it is out there, folks. Uh, Skip McCulloch, he'll go on a wave that nobody else in the world will. He builds decks and fences. Um, Emmy Erickson, she's kind of called out in this piece, but she's she works as a masseuse. She'll go surf massive uh, YMAR jaws, and then instead of treating her body after, she'll go massage somebody else's. Cliff Capono, he's a scientist. It's it's um i don't know did this one touch on kaito ohashi the rice farmer we'll put his clip in there yeah we'll go through that too yeah that's a good point i I made a note to put the clip in there the the story isn't live when we're speaking but he'll be in there too so we got rice farmers and then i don't think it's even gonna be mentioned here but i just need to call out mason barnes it's gotten so tough out there that mason barnes is now miley cyrus's gardener he had to take on a role where he started hosing down her lawn and then uh they're filming production he spread her a little bit too but it's uh anyway what this story does is it doesn't just it's not doom and gloom hey pro surfing's over because that's not the case because people are still making a lot of money off it it's just saying hey we kind of live in a time where 
it's not A or B. You can kind of do both. You can have, you can be a pro surfer and you can probably find a deal where you can, you're not making a livable wage off that, but your sponsor understands that and you're able to still have another career. And we talked to a bunch of people who juggle that. Um, because it's reality now and I don't know I thought it was interesting it, it's it's been around for a while like we just heard these stories for a while I think and this kind of condenses a lot of it and gets some insight from the people who are actually doing it yeah well it's almost gone like full circle right because before if you wanted to be a pro surfer you had to have a side gig right like the first people getting paid to be pro surfers like you think back to like the Ho brothers and stuff and they're getting paid 50 bucks here 100 bucks there and it's like you know they had to work other jobs and stuff and now it's coming back around and i actually found this story incredibly uplifting like the way that these guys are looking at it is really really cool chris zappas he really bold claim from chris zappas which i really thought was funny is like yeah I don't see any reason why anybody who's a pro surfer doesn't have time for another job. Like being a pro surfer is not very hard <laughs> or time consuming, which is so true, dude. It's like, unless you're like Kanoa, who's doing all these commercial shoots every day, it's like, what, you're going to surf on average for like two hours a day. What are you doing the rest of the time? Dicking around. I, I called Ian Crane the other day. He was making a puzzle middle of a Wednesday. <laughs> so Chris Zaff is calling them all out. I love it. I really, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this story. Um, and I think that it's one that, I don't know, we, we talk about all these how surfers get paid things and talking about the next generation. I think this is one that kids would benefit a, a lot from reading, you know, not to say to don't chase your dreams, like chase your dreams, but have a bit of that backup plan too. Even guys in the CT are doing it. Liam O'Brien's going for his engineering license. I think uh, Isabel Nichols, same thing. So yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. And it, I agree, it is probably the future of pro surfing. Yeah, I mean, this is rule 13. You know, the the last episode of How Servers Get Paid did 12. It was a bit of an instruction manual for the modern pro surfer, and this is just the 13th point. Maybe, maybe if uh, if you can't do the other 12 things well enough, um, go bang some nails with Skip, go get the, the wires going with Chris, you know, science, that's going to be a bit hard for some surfers, but uh, sorry, Cliff, you're in a league of your own there. Um, but if all else fails, you know, work with Mason Barnes's landscaping business and it'll be pretty good. All right, we've got a surf sin coming up, but before we get there, let's touch on a few things, Mikey. I have a speed power flow rankings going live. Uh, it's it's oh yeah, very weird. It talks about the French Revolution and uh, star signs and all sorts of weird shit. I'm not sure if I like it, but maybe you will. You did a joyride. You figured out if diamond tails equal diamond hands. Were those compatible, Mikey? Uh, yet to be seen. Uh, Bitcoin's fluctuating by the day, so I'm holding strong though. All right, holding, holding Trinka, holding strong. We're all doing it here. We're all holding down. <laughs> um, one more thing I want to mention is RIP Big Waves. It is with our condolences, our thoughts, our prayers that we say rest in peace to Big Wave Surfing. Um, aside from the eddy, which was wonderful, and I, I can't say a bad word about it. I don't think anybody could. It was it was almost fitting that was the only big wave event that ran this year but 
the big wave season is officially over. Jaws did not run. Nazare did not run. And we do not have any XXL awards like every year in the past, I think, at least decade. Um, the WSL switched it to a world record chase thing. And there's absolutely no chance that any wave broke the world record. So RIP big waves. Big waves did not happen other than the Eddie this year. So you're saying I can deflate? You can deflate. Deflate it all. It's deflationary. It's transitionary. It's uh, Jerome Powell. But one prediction I'm going to make is that Mason Barnes is going to win the world record for the biggest wave surf gardener of the year for gardener of the year a landscaper of the year come on give these people some dignity mikey and also the biggest wave surf they have not come out with a measurement of that and i think they're gonna finally say that mason barnes's wave was bigger than sebastian studner's and that's what they're gonna make out of this year even though it happened literally two years ago um i think that's an outcome and you heard it here first i've got another controversy in the big wave world go laura Enervert got no award in Red Bull Magnitude for that wave that she paddled at Himalayas. Really? Just none? None. Not one. There was like best paddle. There was like best performance. There's like all these different categories. And she didn't get anything for the biggest wave ever ridden by a woman, at least that I've seen, by paddle. Anyway, predictions. Uh, yours was just a call. Mine's a prediction. I think he's going to win a thing just in another awkward thing just so they make something out of this big wave season that didn't happen at all other than the Eddie. Anyway, a few notes on what's coming next. We have a best surfing I've ever seen with Tom Jennings. Jenno, I love that guy. We are going to have some Bells coverage coming, and we're going to have a Jed Smith deep dive into the life and times of Owen Wright as Bells will be his last event. So keep an eye out for all that. And for now... And Stace and Snake are going to come on soon with their little Bells uh, pre-event podcast with predictions and everything that you want to hear about the event that is to come. Ooh, you got that coming too. And right now, you have got a surf sin. Let's hear it. What's up, uh, Mikey, Buck, Stace? Um, Pet a sin I've been living with for the last few years. Uh, I used to live down in the, the central coast of California in the San Luis Obispo area. Um, went out for a surf with one of my good buddies um, to our local spot and about halfway through our paddle out I got bumped by a pretty substantial great white. Um, sat there for a few moments, nothing happened, didn't get eaten. Sat there for a couple more seconds and uh, made the wise decision to keep paddling out waves were sick we were the only guys out um and never ended up telling my buddy about what happened who was paddling pretty close next to me um so i don't know if the sin is not telling him or maybe i just have one too many screws loose um yeah looking forward to my penance thanks boys We've been teasing this for a while, but this is the first surf sin to hit the stab Instagram. <laughs> this is the future, folks. If you want to confess, you're not only confessing to us, you are confessing to, what do we have, 1.1, 1.2 million? You're, I think so, you're yeah. You're confessing to a lot of people, and I think this one, there's already a few hundred comments. Um, this is the future. So... If you're going to submit a sin, do it in video form so we can 
give it to the public. And a big part of that is... And keep it under 60 seconds. Yeah, yeah, keep it under 60 because you're going to... Nobody's going to listen to your four-minute thing about something about somebody's fin that your buddy... I lost my buddy's fin four minutes later. Who cares? Fuck off. Anyway, part of this initiative is I'm going to read a penance from the audience. That's how we'll start here. And so I have uh, underscore H void here. This is an obvious offense of gluttony. The conditions and the waves you were intending on riding left you so greedy to the point you were willing to hide the truth, a dangerous truth, exclamation point, from your friend, just for pleasure. What you must do now for your next seven sessions is try to convince your friends and other surfers in your immediate vicinity that you were bumped or saw another great white. All to get them to paddle in while you stay out. What happens if this, if this situation actually takes place again after this? Will anybody believe you? Was that session worth risking possible life and limb? Only you hold the true answer in your heart. This penance will help reveal it to you. Um, not mine, but okay, there you go. H. Void. Thank you, H. Void. It's, uh... Well, and we should also point out that a lot of people in the comments are calling Jake a fake. They're saying his story isn't real. Jake the fake. Jake the fake. I mean, and to be fair, it's like, who gets bumped by a great white and doesn't make some sort of motion toward the beach? Like, even, like, leave the friend uh, completely aside, but, like, who doesn't just choose self-preservation? I mean, even Mick got on the sled and reset, right? And this guy thinks he's better than Mick? I know, I know. I But I believe Jake. I don't know if I should, but I believe him. It's something about his demeanor. I mean... I am with the commenters calling out his beanie positioning. I don't like beanies above ears. It just seems like you're you're taking a garment that's designed to do something. It's a, it has it wants to cover the ears and you can't put it above it. He did. So I agree with that, but his calm demeanor, he just I believe him. I believe Jake. All right. I mean, it takes a lot of bravery to admit your wrongdoings too. So, I think for the sake of the sinner here, Jake, let's assume he's telling the truth. Do you think he is though? Do you think he I, is? I'm so 50-50. I like can't even call it. Because I am like just logically, I don't know how you don't paddle in, but whatever. He submitted it, so let's let's give him that penance. All right, all right. Mine is that he needs to I hope his friend doesn't hear this because it kind of ruins it, but he needs to just call that friend or better in person and just kind of do that that thing where it kind of sounds like he's gonna die or something bad's gonna happen. Just say like Hey, just know that I always loved you, but just without any reference to anything else, just so his friend goes down a weird thing, because you should always tell your loved ones that you love them. Life is finite. It's going to end at some point. You don't know when. Um, And so he just needs to tell this person, if this person listens then it's over, tell somebody else that he loves them in a way that implies something tragic is about to happen and just it's going to confuse that person a little bit but then when they realize something's wrong they'll appreciate jake more that's it that's it for me okay interesting yeah i just want that okay so the commenter that you um you read from to him it was a sin of gluttony h void h void right so to h void it was a sin of gluttony to me this is a sin of omission he, you know, he he failed to disclose these facts that would have been pertinent to his friend and anybody in the lineup. And as we all know, the only way to counteract an omission is with an emission. So the next time Jack goes surfing, just to be safe, he needs to emit a shark deterring whistle every 10 minutes. And what that means is wearing like a soccer whistle around his neck 
and blowing it in a specific predetermined pattern every 10 minutes on the minute. And when anybody asks what he's doing, he has to tell them that this is like a new release technique. The scientists just came out with it. It's like they figured it out. And this like 100% deters sharks from attacking people. Nobody who's done this has ever been attacked by a shark. And he's just got to live with that sort of lineup environment where every 10 minutes he's like blowing some strange whistle pattern. People are looking at him like, what the fuck? Oh, Hector Santa Maria has been doing that since 2006. And he hasn't been attacked, has he? He hasn't been attacked. I saw him at Lowers once. He was calling a chi horn where he was going, woo, and he was doing this thing with his arms. So <laughs> I, good penance, good penance, because Hector has been on that for a while. He should patent it. And... um <laughs> on your way, Jake, I guess you and every center from here on out will have three penances to either choose from or combine. So I guess they're compatible. You could do all three, but it's your choice. It's your healing journey. And send it back to us when you do it. Send it back to us, Jake. And like we said, submit your surf sins as videos. Don't drag on because uh, Instagram will hate you. Don't lie. Instagram will also hate you. And uh, wear your beanies properly cover your ears they're meant for cold what are you doing okay god bless goodbye thank you as always for listening to the drop if you have a surf center of your own please send them to michael at stabmag.com or bucketstabmag.com remember we really want videos so that we can continue to share them on our instagram we got surfs in tuesdays going live uh, keep them under 60 seconds because we all have short attention spans and we will hopefully get you not just on this show but also on Stab's biggest platform. And with that, we've got a lot coming next week. It looks like bells could potentially kick off, waves look whatever. But anyway, Stace and Snake are going to come on soon on the same channel to discuss their picks and predictions. Um, a lot coming on the site side as well. We've got some more films in the, you know, in the canon. So stay tuned and over and out.